Welcome to the uh, Big Footy uh, Frio podcast. Tonight we're with uh, Seppo and White Oak and myself Centurions and we're just going to uh, have a crack at the first Frio podcast to see how we go and um, obviously we'll take back any feedback or ideas and uh, if anyone else wants to join us, more than welcome to on a uh, Thursday night. So if you just want to introduce yourself, Seppo. How you going, guys? Seppo here, all the way from Melbourne. And White Oak, yourself? Yeah, and hi guys, uh, yeah, Bushy, uh, Power of Bogan, White Oak, uh, I'm pretty well known, so yeah, hi, and thanks from a, a gloomy, wet Tokyo evening. Alright, and I'm Centurions, and I'm uh, calling from Perth, so we've got a bit of a spread across the uh, Ross, across the world tonight, so we'll uh, start off with the uh, selection news for this week, where we had uh, two changes for this week, obviously Nat 5 coming back into the side, along with... Uh, Zach Clark and making way was uh, Tendai Mazungu and Griffin with the ACL. And Griffin with the ACL, which is a really devastating injury for the club. So, any thoughts, fellas, on uh, the changes for this week? Yeah, I think it's very important that we got Clark back in time. I think it would have been really damaging to structures if we played around too much trying to fill another ruck role. I think it's great that we've actually got him up. And by all accounts, the reports coming from training, I think, is really good. We've got. Um, Clark fit, although they're saying you know he's 80 90 percent fit. Um, Fife's obviously a no brainer, but it's, it's a bit puzzling why it's Mazumbu that's coming out. Could be tactical, could be performance based, who knows? But Clark for Griffin's a no brainer, but I, I thought it might have been Crozier coming out for Fife, more like for life, but who knows? This Mazumbu emission might find out, might be a late change, who knows? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced that Mazungu's out yet. Uh, until we sit here, whether he's on the plane or not, I may be well corrected by this time tomorrow morning. But um, if Mazungu's on the plane, Mazungu will pay for me. It, it's it's a no-brainer. I think we might be seeing a few things from Ross Lyon that we haven't seen too often before. In as much as a few ducks and drakes going on, it's quite um, straight back though. With most of our selections, it's not like the Harvey days where we wouldn't know who or where they're playing. It's been fairly straight with no too many late changes except for injuries, but it'll be interesting to see how Clancy and um, Louise Burke will up from all the courts. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think absolutely. I've got, I've got no arguments with him not being having a straight bat in the past. He always has, but I think in this instance there's some some query over either Clancy Pierce or, or Louise Burke from what we've heard from our and I must admit here, wonderful training uh, reporters, especially from an overseas perspective. Thank you, guys. Um, so I, I, I'm still not convinced that Mazungu's out purely on being dropped. I think there's a little bit more to it, but that's just a personal perspective. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Mazungu comes in on the day. I, I mean, as you said, with Hannath and Clark, I mean, I think it suits Clark as well being on the SCG for the first game back. It's not a huge ground, so the running isn't required as it would be at Subi. So, you know, in that regard, it might be all right. So I think it depends on weather conditions as well and how they go and structure up. I mean, Crazy does give you that bit of X factor around the forward line along with Walters and Ballantyne, so where it's a bit tougher to get those goals. I do agree with uh, Mazungu, though. Side bottom did get off the leash a bit last week, but um, maybe maybe they're trying to do the same as it did with Ibbotson, give him a couple of weeks in the waffle. And, uh, I mean, it did with Ibbotson the world of good. He won't get the opportunity to play with Burke if he travels with the team. So it's odd they're saying he's dropped, but maybe there is something in it. 
Yeah, it'd be certainly interesting to see the way they're going. I mean, it's good. I mean, I, I remember the days where we didn't even have the choice, of, you know, no depth at all there. So the fact that even with our injury list that we've got that depth is um, sensational. It's going to be even more so when we get Pav and those guys back as well. So Either way, I don't think the Zugu in or out of the sides are really going to be a game changer. I think we've got enough of the roles covered with the other, obviously, five back in. Clark for the Ruckman. It doesn't really matter for me if the Zugu's playing or not. I think we'll... Um, won't affect the outcome of the game. Yeah. Easy. And I think uh, the return of Fife is going to be a big one on the SCG. He seems to have a great game there every week and every time he plays there. I don't think it's been talked up enough. They have out. He's coming in. I think it's going to be a big thing for us. Get that midfield going with Mundy, Barlow and Fife again. Something we've missed, I reckon. That little bit of polish on the inside and just a bit of grunt work getting the ball out to the outside players. Absolutely. <laughs> And sadly, we're missing the polish on the outside with Stephen Hill not being there to take that, that hopeful uh, in, inside dominance away from uh, Sydney. So, yeah, you know, you'd think that Seppo, being the, the, the Fremantle tragic that he is, would jump, jump on the plane from Melbourne to Sydney and just tell us if Mazumba was on the plane or not. You know? no, I wish I could be up there, guys, but unfortunately I won't be making this one, and I won't be making one in Adelaide as well in two weeks' time. So I've got to wait a bit for the next game. It could have been up there. Like, I've done the trip to... Tazzy, trip up to Gold Coast, but the next two, unfortunately, I'm going to have it to sit out. So the audio you won't be uh, listening out for on the TV or see my mic in front of the G-Squad, unfortunately. And it was a a devastating loss last week for the uh, Dockers as well with the uh, ACL injury to Griffin, you know, just when he got his chance to uh, stamp himself in the side. And, you know, he's just, you know, probably playing the best he has for the club, you know, since his arrival. And it's just, you know... Real kick in the guts for the side with the uh, with the omission of him for the rest of the season. Yeah, he was in really good form. I was uh, actually hoping he'd even step up and get a chance to uh, um, get right through the finals time and make Sandy really have to work his way back into the team. <laughs> it's pretty incredible the run of luck that we have over the years, and especially like this year with just purely big men going down with serious injuries. But the thing that I find really intriguing is if we went into a game against Sydney this time two years ago, we'd be all, you know, we'd all be praying to God that it would only be by 10 goals we'd lose by. But now we're thinking we're in a good chance. And that's an amazing transition to me for this football club that I've followed for, you know, since day one, that the, not only the, the team but the supporter base as well is so confident that we are in with a very good chance against the reigning premiers with the outs that we have. So congratulations to them. We've got a bit of confidence as well that we've we beat Sydney two out of the last three times we've played at the SCG and the third one more recently of the loss was only by a narrow amount only because we had that bad start. So... If you yeah. take that one quarter out of it, we've been very competitive against Sydney at the SCG. So you never know. Another year under Ross, the game plan intact. Got that back six down solid pat. I think we're a very good chance, and I'll be tipping us this week. Yeah, I, th- I thought at the start of this three-game stretch with Gold Coast, Collingwood and Sydney, if we got sort of, you know, I was even a bit nervous before the Gold Coast game, and I thought if we get one win out of three, we'll probably be a par. Two out of three would be a bonus, and three out of three would be sort of, you know, Unreal, and you know, you know, the boys have a potential this week to make it three out of three. And I think it's after a pretty stretch, pretty tough stretch of games. I think it'd be a sensational result. It's an eight-point game, really. When you look at it, they could be fighting for a spot with Sydney in the top four. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and last weekend's game was the same, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, just um, I think that's given a good chance to have a look at the ins and outs. And uh, if we just quickly um, go back to last week's game, a sensational result against Collingwood. Uh, 
got out of the blocks really quickly and uh, the first quarter is probably arguably one of the better first quarters we've seen apart from probably the Geelong game in the preliminary final last year. And uh, or even the Essendon game was good in the first quarter. But, you know, the same sort of story. We fell away a bit in the third quarter but fought back even with the injury to Griffin. So I think it was probably one of our better club wins. Well, that, was, that first quarter really shocked me. I didn't really think we were going to come out of the box that well, especially with Griffin going down. I was just almost thinking about the, uh, the incident game with McFarland um, going down, going, oh, no, here we go. We've lost some run in the last quarter because we've had to activate our sub early. But I'll tell you what, it uh, didn't impact us at all. Yeah, and I think... Um, okay, why don't you up? Yeah, yeah, the at the risk of, you know, using too many cliches, it was champagne football the first quarter. And uh, especially, like you say, Seppo, with, with uh, Griffin going down, for us to put on the skill display that we did um, was quite amazing. And, and just on that, and it's been mentioned over Big Footy and various various boards, that Lyon really comprehensively made the matchups uh, in that first quarter. They, he made uh, Buckley look very stupid. He outcoached him by a mile. You, you just see the difference of coaching levels between the two. He outcoached him, especially that third quarter when the game was in the balance. And, and I think it was, um, I think without doubt, like, I mean, I think many of us have sort of uh, scratched our head at some of Ibbotson's uh, play over the years, but I mean, I think it was by far his best uh, performance in a free jumper, actually, in the time that he's been there. His performance it's, last week. Actually, now it's not just that one game; it's the game before. So he's actually finished in our top possession getter for a few weeks in a while, and I can't see why he can't do it again this week. You know, him and Duffield have um, really stood up in the back line. It just it makes that back six gel with you know Dawson, the spine, and the um, you know, smaller guys around just chopping off everything that's coming down there. So I've got no doubt our defence will hold up against Sydney if we play like we did against Collingwood. Yeah, I've quite admittedly been a knocker of your bow in the past, and a big one. Um, and Salah Malik, I'm very sorry, my friend. But, yeah, what he does do is give us a chance to swing uh, Duffield forward as well, which is a great, great advantage to us. The other thing I'm thinking about is if, if Clancy Pierce is somehow injured, which has been touched on, um, we do have that cover by having Ibbotson and Duffield for going back into those half-back planks. So Absolutely. it's a great advantage. Subin's the other option. If Clancy Pierce or Spur does come out, we've always got the option of Subin in there to go down back. And he's got that booming uh, rocket of a kick that will help us get out of the back line that sort of Clancy and Spur have been playing. So they've been with swing players around if one of those two don't come up. And I think it was also important last week seeing um, the, all the um, performance of Silvani in the forward line. I just think he structured us up much better. He gave us a target, even if he didn't... I mean, his kicking wasn't terrific, but... He made a contest every time the ball was there and gave it, you know, the opportunity for the younger blokes and sort of straightened us up a bit. I think we've been lacking that even with Hannah there the previous week. I think Silvani did a good job this week and uh, sort of, you know, in, his, in that in that forward full forward role. How good did he hit the packs? And even though know, he was kicking like a backman in the forward line, he just brought the ball to ground in some cases, put on that forward pressure. Something you probably wouldn't even get from Pav really. It was probably nice to add to our forward pressure with Silvani in there. And, you know, it's, it can work again, you know. Silvani Ford, he works on his goal kick. And he, he was actually a fairly accurate kick when he did play back in, or I think it was 2010 and maybe bits of 11 when he was up forward. He was not actually a bad kick, so... He's actually not bad for Claremont either in the waffle. I mean, his kicking's usually not too bad. I mean, it's certainly not as bad as it was on Saturday night, whether that's a confidence thing or not. And, I mean, it's probably a bit hard to go... Uh, talking about the Collingwood game without at least mentioning Michael Walters in there, um, oh. continuing on his sensational form. 
I'll be putting money again for him for most goals against Swans. I don't think um, who have they got Smith and uh, I don't know who their other small defender is, but I don't think they can contain him. He's just in too hot form. I can't see a matchup for Walters out of the Sydney Swans lineup on what they've put on paper so far. You know, they've, they've dropped Armstrong, um, who's 183 and 80 kilo, who you think could probably go with him, and they've brought in the big Irishman in Walsh. Um, I can, in that in that scenario with with Walters getting off the leash there, I think they're in a lot of trouble. It's time to explore their um, back line with Smalls. Really, we've uh, gone small; they've gone tall. So hopefully, the weather suits Ballers, Walters, Crozier. Even Maine bobbing up with a few, so yeah, should be good. And I think that's the importance of Silvani. Just like the week before, Maine had to do that crashing of the pack roll, and um, it just doesn't suit his game as well as when he's that third tall, or you know, can have that leading forward where, as you said, Silvani just puts his body on the line and just sort of opens it up a bit for the others as well. Oh, yeah. uh, without doubt. And going back to your previous point, I missed out on that. But Silvani has really surprised me. Uh, to see that physical pressure he put on um, was very, very impressive to me. I thought he was trade bait. I thought he was gone at the end of the year. But if he keeps, continues this up, um, yeah, we'll keep him on, no doubt. Well done to him. And also the other, I suppose, the other interesting point was uh, the move of Dawson into the ruck into the last quarter where he's just uh, managed to get those clearances. I know he's a much maligned player and I don't know, I mean, even a lot on the big footy board every week we see that he's going to, you know, someone will always put him to drop him. But I mean, I think he's one of those guys who's probably the first on the list every week with Lions. So, but his effort last week in the last quarter was uh, pretty good in the ruck, I thought. Yeah, well, I think Ross gave him a big rap about how how strong he is in the contest and how he wasn't getting out-muscled and he really probably surprised the opposition Ruckman. So it's probably something that you could probably get found out if you did it for four quarters, but as a one-off quarter and a, giving the other Ruckman a chop out, it um, definitely works and we could use it again if it ever needs to be. It, it was almost comedy value to see him come on and, and some of the things he did in the fourth quarter were quite, quite probably comical, but geez, they were effective. They were really effective. And I, I get a little bit cross, as you probably know, as some of the people who come on and knock Zach Dawson for what he's been doing. But I think there's a basic misunderstanding of his role. And he really does do some outstanding things on the football field, but people seem to concentrate on the, on the few things that he does stuff up so very badly. For example, the kick a goal last week was just comical. You know, you'd replay it ten times and couldn't help yourself but laugh. But, hell, um, the other things that he does do, they're outstanding. Like Tommy, he'll, he'll leave his man at the right time to spoil a contest. I counted, I watched the replay and counted that many times when even him and Ibo, the other defender, just know when to leave the man and get to the contest and take the ball out of out of play. This is brilliant. And I think that relationship between McFarlane and uh, Michael Johnson down there with the three of them working together is just critical to um, our ability to sort of uh, you know keep those teams to low scores. Yeah, they just know when it's their turn to go and really just cancel that ball coming in. That's it. So uh, yep. anything else for the sort of preview for the Swans we can go over? Yeah, I think I think it'll be a, certainly an interesting game. I mean, they, you know, I don't think there'll be any easy balls on the uh, on the game on the weekend. So, I mean, you know, when you look at those midfielders, I mean, we're pretty much, uh, with our midfield, we're all pretty much 190-centimetre midfielders and they're all pretty strong bodies. And I think Sydney are definitely the strangers and they'll be hurting a lot after the game last week against Hawthorne where they were sort of uh, not their usual hard self of the ball. So I think it, the first quarter will be pretty pretty full-on and ready to go. Who do you reckon Crowley will play? I haven't really focused on the matchups this week. Do you reckon it's a chance for Crowley to get a job on someone like Kennedy? 
we, you'd have to think Kennedy would be the go. I mean, Kieran Jack's been very, very good, but I don't know if he suits um, Crowley's style. So um, you'd have to think that Kennedy would be their first option. I mean, Ryan O'Keefe's another one who's uh, can fly, but I think De Boer will get him. Yeah, Kennedy. Kennedy's probably the most the obvious one. You know, don't forget a guy like Daniel Hannabury, a wonderful player, a very, very damaging player. And the other guy is Nick Moskowski, and uh, he's been cutting it up this year as well. But my personal choice would be for for, uh, for Crowley to go to, to Kennedy. Yeah. Probably to Boer and Malczewski. Malczewski's getting the ball off the bat, throw the um, defensive board on him. Yeah, and that would be his normal role, yeah. We've also got, uh, and I think Sam Reid sort of started to show a little bit more form than he had in the previous few weeks. Um, before that, he was sort of struggling a little bit, but I think he um, last week he sort of, and Lewis Jetta's another one. So be interesting to see who they put on Jetta. Yeah, well, I was initially thinking Sutcliffe for that run with roll, but he might not be able to go the four quarters and maybe the sub. So who knows? Well, there's been a big call on our on our board for, for Daniel Pierce to go on to him, and the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. You know, the, he's quick. Um, Fred Fred Ziffel seems to think he's quicker than than uh, than Jetta, which I, I don't know because I've never seen them run beside each other. But to me, that's not a bad matchup. Yeah, especially if they're playing on the wing on the outside and get some run. I haven't really seen Daniel Pierce run with the ball or chase someone. That is quick watch, yeah. So it's very hard to make the comparison now. I suppose we're just going to have to wait and see and see if they do get the matchup and what type of pace that Daniel can show and if he can actually keep up with someone like Jetta, who's I reckon is one of the quickest in the AFL. I mean, the thing is as well, though, we'll need, we will probably need Jetta's, um, not Jetta's, uh, Pierce's run outside, especially with Hill out as well. So it could be a, you know, an interesting way to see how they go with that. So. All up, I think it's an interesting matchup game. There's, there's so many intriguing matchups there. We just don't know where it's going to go. If Mumford actually does get up and play and doesn't get dropped before, then that'll that'll change things again, I believe. Um, very, very uh, intriguing game. Who's your tips, guys? I'm going Freo by about eight points. I think if Freo can um, get on top in the middle, I think they've definitely got a chance. I mean, I think the. Whether Mumford plays or not will be an interesting one because he, he certainly, if he does, he's certainly got that ability to um, probably manhandle our rucks, you know, with even with uh, Clark and Hannah there. So I think if he doesn't come up, I think it's certainly going to be in our favour, even though Pike's been very good this year. I don't... Um, if he doesn't play, I think it'll help us. But those, um, as I said, with the loss of Armstrong, Armstrong being omitted was a strange one for me. So it'll be interesting to see how they go with our small forwards. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm much the same as you, Centurions. Uh, Mumford is a key to me, and uh, if he if he doesn't play, I think we will win this and win it probably by four or five goals. If he does, then obviously the matchups come into play a, a lot more. But I still think we're playing good enough football, whereas Sydney aren't, and we'll get up maybe by one or two one or two goals, you know, ten points. Yeah, been interesting to see with Tommy Walsh as well. Seeing he came from St Kilda, and he hasn't really. Went up there on a pretty good deal and hasn't really set the world on fire. And I know Mitch Morton's back this week and he had a cracking grand final. So, um, but I th- you know, said they don't really have any sort of um, anyone that strikes fear in you when you look at their side, apart from probably Mumford coming in and they're out. Uh, you know, Lamb, Armstrong, and Jesse White haven't really sort of done much this year either. So, it'd be definitely, a, you know, if we can get this win, it'll certainly set us up well for the rest of the year for that top four position. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guaranteed top four, all things being fair if we win this one. And so, what, fellas, what did you think of the uh, new Indigenous jumper that came out this week? 
I loved it. I couldn't whip the credit card out quick enough. As soon as I saw it, I thought I'd have to get one of those. I love it. Especially with the um, little sort of blurb of what that came with it with um, Roger Hayden's design and the meaning of it. It just provides a bit more context than some of the other Aboriginal art you see out on, you know, the footballs they came out with and the ritual one looked pretty terrible. I think this is fantastic. And it's great that we're wearing it against Melbourne for a, a nice win. Yeah, look, um, I couldn't agree more. I was the same as you, Seppo. I straight away got on the online and bought a couple of jerseys myself. Um, and a lot of people on Bigfooty know that my late wife is Aboriginal and, of course, my children are Aboriginal. So it's a cause very close to my heart. And uh, just personally, I, I, I love celebrating this round. I, I don't understand the, the controversy that it causes amongst some on the board or on, on the whole site. Um, and I've been involved in a few quite heated debates about that. On the des- on the design itself, look, I think it's wonderful. I think the way it's been put together um, and utilising a, a former club champion in, in Hayden uh, along with Wally, who's so highly respected, I think it's a really, really good idea. It shows that the club is is connecting with the community, uh, not only the, the broader community, but the Aboriginal community, of which we've got such a close connection with, and um, the design is just a winner. I love it. Yeah, I initially thought it was a little bit busy. I love the boomerangs at the top, and I thought it was a bit busy, but once you read Roger Hayden's sort of description about it and put it in that context, as you said, Sepo, I think it's sort of, you know, it does grow on you as you look at it more and more, and I think it's um, hopefully it'll be one of those jumpers we use each um, every year for the Indigenous round. It sort of gives me that warm and fuzzy feeling, though, that Rogers had a say in it. You know, just a, it's a touch of our club and it's a touch of our history and, and here, but just what it means. It just makes me want to put that number 43 on the back of it. Well, exactly right. And we certainly miss his run out and dash out of the back line, that's for sure. But the 43 jumper would be worth more than Jesse Crichton's, though, wouldn't it, Sapper? Uh, a line ball. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have to check out how they go with uh, the um, match day um, option. Oh, so just while we've got you on board here, Seppo, um, if you get any, if we've got any Docker or Bigfooty Frio guys who go over to Melbourne for a game, what's the um, best way to sort of catch up with the, the Frio people over there? Is there a pub or something you go beforehand, or best way to uh, meet you guys at the ground? Or well, for most of the games, I'm pretty much wrapped up um, before the game. But for the games that Eddie had, we've had uh, plenty of big footy catch-ups afterwards at the Nelson, I think, the uh, pub located right next to that one. So there's always a good couple of drinks there. And for the games at the MCG, we go to the uh, London Hotel, which is just a street back into the suburb of Richmond. So um, it's going to be a while for the next game in Melbourne because we've got a good couple of weeks after the bye before the game down in Geelong. So a couple of weeks after that, I think it's Melbourne, I think, at the MCG. Yeah, and I think that those two games against Melbourne will be pretty critical, I think, at the end of the day for us, not only for the, uh, you know, considering I think we're the only top, top eight side playing Melbourne twice, you know, from last year, so. I don't have to whinge about playing Gold Coast or GWS twice when we get Melbourne, so, yeah, I'll be happy to see that one, and, um, Oh, it should be a good game when it happens. And we saw in uh, contract news last week, Mzungu signing a new uh, two-year deal. Unfortunately, he got dropped the week after, but I think it's good to have another uh, player on board. And uh, as I said, you know, you feel more and more confident when players are coming out of contract now that they're not, they, you know, they're all keen to stay. You know, in the past, you know, will they leave? Will they stay? Where now you just think it's, you know, be more of a shock than anything else if you see anyone who's not keen to stay on board. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's pretty good to see the uh, list of players left for 2013 to be signed that are out of contract at the end of the year. Like there's guys there like Clark, Kepler, Pitt, Morabito, Silvani. You got Mishi, Sheridan, Foster. So some of those could, some of those guys could be um, signing off contracts soon enough. Um, unfortunately, we might have to wait to see how some of them go, like Kepler and Pitt, more depending on their you know, recovery. But um, yeah, no, it's great to be. Um, keeping the talent here and not losing anyone yet. It's been a while since we've lost a talent to another club that we haven't really thought is best 22. So I'm glad we've got Mazumbu and there's talk I hear of Walters getting close. So but he's due to expire at the end of 14. So it'd be great to wrap him up for a bit. He yeah. could push definitely for a bit more coin the yeah. way that his performance has been going. Absolutely. I think the um, I think the Zach Clark one will be the interesting one for the year with obviously depending on how Sandlands is going. I mean, we really can't afford to probably... I know Hanneth has been OK, but he's still he's still probably a couple of years away from... Or, you know, at least another good year away, I think, from, uh, you know, carrying the ruck for a prolonged period. And I think I think Clark's a more natural ruck than Ford, even though, you know, even at East Perth, he has shown tendencies to be able to play Ford. I just think he's going to be uh, probably probably our key signing, I think, this year, depending on how Sandlands pulls up. Well, it's a masterstroke for Hanneth uh, selection in the pre-season draft. Everyone sort of questioned it, but... Even with Moller on the rookie list, it's really showing now that once you lose Sandland, he won't be available much. You have Griffin that if he's out, he should be right for, you'd say, round one for next year. But we're going to be relying on guys like Clark, Hannah, and Moller's still probably years away. When you think about how long Sandland spent, spent on the rookie list and down at East Frio developing, Moller's going to have to do the same, even though some people are saying he's... He's got a bit of development and he could be ahead of the curve for Ruckman, but you know it's still going to take a couple of years. So it'd be really bad, I reckon, to lose Clark at the end of this year. We almost need Clark to step up as the Ruckman and keep Hannah for that forward Ruck, the way he's been playing and developing. So I think that's the way to go and actually keep Clark on the list. Yeah, I think... That would depend on what Clark can provide on the trade table, though, as well. And if he develops develops fully enough over the the course of this year will more than likely will 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 uh, we'll break both our own legs just to keep him there. But that doesn't mean that other clubs won't go for him. And if a, tri- a reasonable enough deal is available for the right player, um, you know. And of course, I'm going to talk about Harry Taylor. Well, yeah, why not? Why not? I can see see that sort of that sort of deal being made. Personally, I hope we keep him. I think he's a talent. I've watched him for the last, well, since he began training with Salem some years ago, and I saw a softness in him back then. But I think he's slowly working that out. He's got the physique where he's not going to be a, a Jack Hannah like brute, but um, he's a big, athletic boy who can take a grab when he puts his mind to it. And I think it's between the years with Zach Clark now. Yeah. He's got to get his he's got to get his mind right. He, he's got all the tools together. Um, physically, well, once he gets match fitness, but it's between his ears where he needs to really get his game together. And I think uh, Lyon giving him that that ultimatum supposedly in the in the in the tunnel last week that he's got to step up. Well, I hope he takes up that challenge. Well, this is the game to do, it. and it could be that confidence thing. Like even that bit of confidence is going to help him take those grabs. He's a good kick for goal. Some people don't realise that, but the way he can kick a long one outside of fifty, he knows how to lead up. If he just puts his mind to it, takes those grabs and holds his core a bit in a contested battle, he'll, he'll go right. And I think the uh, signing of uh, Crozier and Sutcliffe during the, or, you know, even if it was a little while ago now, I think they'll be important players for Frio in the future. I think the ability for Sutcliffe to continually run all day 
even at East Fremantle, his ability to run between the 50s is really, really strong for someone of his age, and his disposal is first class too. I suppose they're going to be a reward for effort by staying in the side, both Crozier and Sutcliffe, you know, getting extended out to 2015, and they've played a lot of games this year already, so they've made their way into the 22, Some, you know, albeit just, some of them are in and out of the side, but they're there and they're developing, so it's good we're getting games into them. Absolutely. Yeah.